0: Welcome to the Play Talk podcast. <laughs> I'm Sarah, and I'm Max. And in this episode, we're going to be chatting about natural and synthetic and plastics things. And uh, so we're going to get started. And um, yeah, Max, you were thinking about um, how it feels being a practitioner in a space and different ways that we see. I use the word practitioner, play worker. Being a different, being a play worker in a space and and how you restore that environment and um, maybe in contrast to colleagues.
1: Uh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I practitioner, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I practitioner and playwork. Um, yeah, so I was uh, thinking about how I've often come across the tension, like amongst colleagues who feel that they don't want to include any plastics in the environment and it all needs to be natural. Um, and I've always found that just quite odd um because like to me it seems i guess just obvious to me as it seems to them the other way around but uh why wouldn't we have plastics in a space um i mean i don't love i don't love plastic um but it 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 exists in the world and i don't want to uh i'd rather we didn't create more of it (laughs) but we're kind of stuck with it now (laughs) um and i've always been very much it's always been very important to me. I think that play environments should include elements of the world that children actually live in. Uh, I definitely yeah. think there's there's space for kind of play environments that are escapes and are, are different and uh, and nothing like that world. But I also think play spaces should include those elements of the world. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? About about how when you have that difference of opinion with someone. You're Made conscious of the power that you've got as an adult deciding to create and use the word curate um, that play environment. That you'll make you're the one not always, but to a large extent, making all the choices about what things get brought into that space and which things get pushed away and why. And there's so much goes into that thinking. I mean, if you're if you're literally in the woods, you, you, you're still bringing things with you and deciding what to do with them but maybe it's not as much as if you're in a building I don't know or, yeah um, but you're it, there's a lot of responsibility and power in the adult there definitely
1: and I think it's uh it's very tempting not to think about it <laughs> too much yeah <laughs> because it is a big yeah. response it is a big responsibility and you're yeah you're kind of I don't know, curating, creating, deciding to an extent what what the environment is that the children are going to be interacting with, and that's such a big element of the child's play. Um, yeah, that kind of relational aspect. Um,
0: and and like when people choose not to bring in plastic things, which is quite a feature in early some early years practice. Um, so my experience of it is that when someone would talk about it, their argument would be that more natural materials have got more affordances in terms of the mm-hmm. touch and the texture and temperature. Um, and potentially then not all, you know, potentially then the, the, the creation of these objects have been, are more sustainable. I mean, that's not necessarily the case at all, but um, there's a sense of what are you, you know, what's the history of the things that you're bringing in um, and that also where, what is the future? What is their life cycle that you you're consuming objects or things which can then go on to uh, decompose or, you know, that's, that's, that's potentially an argument. I'm not quite sure that always holds true with everything because that's, we, we make these assumptions about natural materials that th- those things are all the case. Yeah. And, and that's what I think is quite, I think it's interesting. So if you, you can look at a plastic thing and think, oh yes, this is from oil and it is polluting but somehow on a visual representation of a bit of Hessian or something, or I don't know, some other wooden manufactured product, how on earth do we know where that's come from and whether that is as bad as, the, you know, there's so much knowledge and information going on yeah, through a product. Yeah, it's not
1: necessarily sustainable because it's wood. Yeah. Um, and but I guess so, also, uh, yeah. yeah, I guess it kind of remains, that, like the problem with plastics, right, is they don't decompose. Mm. And we have piles and piles of plastic waste so it's it's there, yeah. <laughs> it Exists, and the children yeah. are going to have to like you know, children are going to have to grow up, and it's probably going to fall on them to deal with that. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. I, I, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's really tricky, and also like from my perspective, I love natural materials more, right? I'd i always go right. for a rock okay. over, I, yeah. Do you know,
0: that's inter- Yeah, okay. I yeah. Go for a rock cool.
1: over a toy car, like without well, even thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um yeah i think it's quite interesting that there's also i think an element of i guess value that we're placing on things i guess there's like a moral value right in terms of the sustainability aspect but i think there's also like what you can maybe call like an aesthetic value about what we think is more beautiful or more uh enjoyable or more sensory pleasing that's that is a another sort of set of values we're bringing
0: I'm thinking about what the implication of that is it is almost like we only value play that account, that operates around the things that we deem aesthetically or sustainably pleasing like if you don't play if play that is not around things that we as adults might have judged worthy of being used in play is that play then devalued you know um, you know if you're playing with junk and or toys that are will end up in landfill is that is that play any less you know are we are we then having Mm. a judgment about children's play um but also yeah the aesthetics you know the aesthetics of play aesthetics of space as well um that's quite complicated isn't it i mean where where does that all come from
1: yeah and i think it's like it's important to sort of acknowledge that there's there's like a, there's like a moral element to that as well right Is yeah. that we think it's it's not just we think things are more beautiful we think it's it's better to find these things more beautiful I think there's that um yeah doing quite a sweeping statement there of the we but uh just sort of thinking about these things generally I think yeah yeah I often I often find when there's when there's tensions with things you kind of like this kind of plastics non-plastics thing once you start digging down in it you find that it's, it's tied up in all sorts of value systems right and that's why it's <laughs> yeah uh, so so complicated but yeah. hmm if you're creating a space and you're going to be working with children who maybe aren't you know automatically at home or mm. uh are maybe hesitant is having those familiar things is is a really important way in often um yeah and yeah. Um...
0: Yeah, that's an interesting thing. So you almost you might have products or toys that are like a bridge to maybe more open-ended. Is that, I mean, I'm sort of making that assumption, but you're sort of saying, here's things that are familiar to you and next to things that are unfamiliar to you because with my playwork perspective as an adult, bringing things together, I'm thinking this will give you opportunity to expand and create things you might not have tried out before. That is that how you'd be thinking?
1: Um, yeah definitely I think one thing I'm thinking about is I'm trying to think about the, the sort of base things that I if I'm starting working in a new place or working with children's uh, children before yeah. what are the things that I'll bring kind of going in like blind not knowing what I'm yeah who I'm going to be working with and they are things like you know a box full of bouncy balls right well,
0: okay <laughs> bring
1: stacks of plastic cups sometimes um I might bring I'll often bring like palm noodles or, or bamboo canes uh, right. or but you know i bring all these sort of go to things for me um, are you know sort of everyday familiar things that might not be as exciting to me as like to me personally as like a you know a, a stack of driftwood <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or or or, you know or some you know big bits of recycled material you know it's not say that yeah I don't kind of I think I'm tying myself up a little bit here but I think there yeah there's definitely something in that I did a session recently um it was sort of a one-off session with a, a group of um of P7 children um who are being brought together um most of them didn't know each like they they groups didn't know each other. They were sort of going to high school together, and it was sort of a transition transition thing. Um, and there was one young person who just like was really struggling to engage. Um, I think it was just a bit overwhelmed and was sort of sat on an iPad. And we had all this, you know, novel exciting stuff going on. Um, different materials. We were building things in in uh, pipes and wool, and uh, you know all these big fun stuff um mm. and the thing that got this child to interact was a bouncy ball
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
1: because you know what to do with a bouncy yeah. ball you know it's yeah. not intimidating <laughs> yeah it's small it's a uh, yeah you can hold
0: it in your hand and it and oh it's a fascinating thing a bouncy ball because it's got a win yeah. of its own to sort of you know what i mean you yeah you, It's not like a ball that you throw and then you fail to hit something. You just let go of a bouncy ball and it does its own thing and you react to it, don't you? And yeah, it's. But that that was
1: his way in, you know? Yeah. It it wasn't all the maybe more. What I've seen as more exciting or the big stuff or the. Yeah. um, And that was a real mix of materials, a real mix of natural and synthetic stuff. Um, I don't. I guess I don't tend to do one without the other, really. I'll rarely. Just have a bunch of natural stuff, or just have a bunch of synthetic stuff. Mm. Um, I'm really interested in the relation and the interplay between between different kinds of materials. That's that's a really valuable thing for me that I enjoy bringing.
0: Because because like you say, it is it is the world we live in, isn't it? It's completely. Yeah. We don't live in a world that is not untouched by human hands and, and therefore and i'm trying to avoid the words like natural but that hasn't got technology you know that that it's yeah. everywhere isn't it and in some ways what occurs to me that play makes those things more visible like mm. um so we've both been reading an article about looking at um how oh it's an earlier setting um they've been introducing um plastics and sort of an excess of plastics through plastic bottles and all kinds of other things in this early years world um to sort of it's, it's the common Worlding project and we can put a link at the end um to have a look at it if, you, if you're interested in it um and it comes from an education early years education perspective to try and disrupt and change all that um so we've both been looking at that article but what what strikes me about that was that it's trying to make um things that are familiar like unfamiliar by really by making them the center of attention and bringing them all together. And I sometimes think that's what play, pl- like play environments are a bit like that, that they kind of make familiar things unfamiliar because, you know, like a bouncy ball, the point of a bouncy ball is that you bounce it, isn't it? But if, you, if you're if you taking a whole bunch of bouncy balls in, it sort of like changes what you think about bouncy balls. That's like chaos. I just think, oh, that's, <laughs> that's, or, or, you know, <laughs> but other things, you know, when you in plastic pipes or, Bits and pieces that are designed for one thing that we're using for other. It's, yes. it's making the unfamiliar, making things unfamiliar, which makes you question everything and look at things, look at the world around you differently. I mean, like, um, yeah. So I, it, I, that for me anyway lends itself to play being quite a disruptive thing. Anyway, play playing with stuff is kind of
1: yeah, the purpose definitely. Of
0: stuff. Um,
1: and I think there's something in yeah, they're sort of there making the making the familiar strange or making the familiar unfamiliar uh you know, making everyday things novel by putting them in a different context. Yeah. Um all these things are they're about like a shift in perspective, right? Like you, yeah. you shift a perspective and that opens up opportunities for play or opens up new ways into play or or different yeah which sort is, of which, different
0: which is um you know in in that article we were reading that the, the um Part of the shift you know that it's the same sort of thing that in a way they're being playful with their environment changing the environment to get a different perspective on relationships with children and adults and and stuff and matter and things you know and then that can lead you in different ways of thinking so that makes sense but it also for me reminds me of um, um i don't know if you follow on twitter um, ian mcmillan as a poet I think I mentioned it before to you, actually. Did I? You <laughs> I, might can't have, remember. Um, I might have, to... I may have said <laughs> that
1: I cannot figure out how to make Twitter work, so oh, okay. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm well, I, I don't know the Twitter world. Do you know, uh,
0: Well, it, the, the, w- w- one thing that's worth it for me on the Twitter world is Ian McMillan. Um, he does a little morning walks, so he's a poet, um, but he does quite a lot of morning strolls, and he very often, possibly every morning, I'm not completely dedicated every day to check, takes a little photo of things on his morning stroll, and it's like. It, I always think oh they're so playful because there is that thing it's like look basically what, what's on the ground ran, random things on the ground or in a tree on a place that makes the familiar unfamiliar and it's and it's playful you know in, in selecting that as an image you, you're kind of creating that relationship between one thing and another thing and yeah from there, there it's like sometimes it's sort of found text you know on a on a bit of litter and or the shape of a leaf but it's not it's just there's the tarmac and a leaf you know that's natural and unnatural The yeah, technology it's, <laughs> it's that mixture all the time but you know it just strikes me because you know he's a poet and he's looking at the world and seeing the novel seeing the everyday in a, in a novel way you know like you say seeing different relationships yeah and that's what I we're think... always wanting in play isn't it that we, we're encouraging children to make that connection all the time um,
1: absolutely and it's and and i think maybe quite uh, commonly sort of accepted in spoken about thing is how play is a space for children to make sense of the world around them so yeah yeah plastics are part of that world and like more more unfortunately plastic waste and plastic and environmental the environmental crisis and everything around that is also a part of that that child's world um and yeah allowing them to have some interaction and I think there's always something about giving a bit more trust to children rather than just being like well remove this from you because you know they giving them chance to explore and and reframe and reinvent and yeah, yeah. reinterpret these things and and figure out how they relate to them and understand them um and, yeah and rather maybe than just being themselves. like these are bad you yeah. should think these are bad you know it's yeah. a bit of giving children trust there to to f- figure out for themselves how they feel and how they can interact with, with these objects. Um, yeah, I,
0: I've, that's, I, that's a really helpful way for me for thinking about it because if we think, oh, a plastic thing is doesn't have as much interaction as a piece of wood because it's cold and it, it hasn't got as many affordances. I'm just touching my keyboard there to, to, <laughs> to remind myself of that. That's our judgment, isn't it? And if we remove them, we're, we're sort of feeling that we're doing this protective thing, aren't we? And actually, yeah. we might be wrong. And things might be changing like you say ultimately I mean you know I don't want lots of plastic in the world because things living things die as a result yeah yeah so I want to reduce it but I want to avoid it creating it maybe but it is like you say it is there and it is with us so we have to work out how we live with it and if and if we just go oh it's so horrible we'll just hide it we're never going to learn anything about what we can do with it and how we can manipulate it and use it in different ways and that's what children are doing in play isn't it um absolutely
1: it actually at. might seem like it was a strange link but it um thinking about this what it made me think about was my own relationship with um guns in play right, oh, right. so yeah. I made
0: a plastic totally right different.
1: <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah um, <no. laughs> It's that i have quite a strong like internal huh! like right. no reaction to um and it's funny it's not even sci-fi guns pew pew sounds
0: right, okay. um
1: you know yeah. totally fine with that doesn't give me but anything oh, okay. kind of relatively realistic or sort of militaristic um right. I get a real sense of unease about that being in the play space and I don't you know I don't stop it because right. I, I recognize that's my fit but again I think there's that's another element of um, aspect of the world that I personally really dislike yeah I think a lot of people consider sort of inherently bad um and it's like should should that be in the play space and I'm like oh yeah I think it should because it is a part of children have to figure out how they relate to that what they think about that you know and it yeah yeah so it kind of made me think of that as a very sort of it's been a similar thing basically about sort of curating something about the space according to and there's of course I think you Know there's obviously nuance here because you know being in car accidents is a part of the real world, you yeah. don't want children in play space yeah. being in car accidents, it's not, <laughs> it's yeah. just yeah. very much something to approach with nuance, um, yeah, yeah. and a blanket statement, but um, yeah, yeah, there's definitely something there,
0: um, very, and I think it links when you say that, it links to. Things that people have written in the past about superhero play, which is probably really similar, that it's right. part of children's culture. So why would we keep it out of where we are? You know, yeah. Why do we ban some things from children's culture that we might disapprove of? I'm not saying I disapprove of super, superhero. I'm just saying that that sometimes at times people have felt that that shouldn't be in the play space. Um, yeah. And real, yeah, and I think yeah. I was just going to think about the balance about promoting. Um, Actually, this is getting more complex. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking about places. <laughs> of course, it is. But in you know, how we create spaces where we're really trying to promote, for example, gender, like different ways of playing mm-hmm. gender. Mm-hmm. So as a result, we think, well, we're not going to include materials that have an obvious gender bias. Like, so we'll leave out a very plasticky uh, Batman costume, for example, or something, on an Iron Man costume. We'll actually have just materials that you can use in an open ended way because that promotes thinking more creatively and, you know, it's maybe a little bit like, maybe it's a bit like you're saying with the guns, you don't mind a kind of made up sci-fi type gun, but an actual replica gun is more unique. Yeah. You know, but you could be a superhero much... and explore it in that way, but not an actual costume outfit. Now, is that, is that the right, is that, you know, they're in children's lives. Could we, could we offer spaces for them to play with them differently?
1: I, was, I think particularly of the, what you're saying about sort of the gendered play objects is, yeah, my feeling has often been not so much about getting rid of them, but about reinterpreting how they can be used and opening yeah. it up for anyone to use them or interact with them. Yeah, that that feels more important and more useful for me. Yeah, yeah, um, because it's yeah. a bit
0: like it's like plastic. It's in our world. It's out there. Can we yeah. not
1: just
0: challenge what we do with it? more
1: I find it yeah I think the gender often I think people who sort of have quite a oh no like get away from Mm. me kind of response to this kind of idea of a gender neutral play space are imagining something really gray and beige right Um, (laughs) because they're like what and it's like no no you're imagining it's a space with all the colors it's just yeah they don't have to hold particular expectations or they don't have to be restrictive for certain children you know it's, it's about more not less um, yeah.
0: which then becomes down to the oh it's quite complicated what does it come down to it's not does it, I was going to say it comes down to the adults in the room and how they model and interpret but it doesn't really it comes down to the children too Yeah. and their freedom to use things in a, in their sense that they're in a space where you can do things how you want to do things and that might counter that might cross boundaries outside of a, a play space mm-hmm. that they might not wish to cross um but there, once you say that's it you want to create you know have things available that are in the world you know we started off talking about plastics you know but yeah that's that's like you say then you moved on to guns and and i'm thinking about dressing up clothes it's it's like how do we decide which which materials we're looking at here so yeah um and you're right things that are in the world you want to bring those things in you don't want to bring the car crash in but you but you don't want to (laughs) but you've got you've got a responsibility somewhere haven't you you've got you are sort of you're half feeling responsible for what kind of environment you give and what messages that, what messages, what learning, what meanings are possible from that. Um,
1: yeah. And I think maybe a lot of it is about just acknowledging your responsibility and then reflecting upon your own biases and expectations and how you're bringing them into a space. Yeah. Because right? it's maybe, often, it's not, it's not the object itself, it's, it's the culture around them or yeah. the the way the way you react to a child using something in one way but not in another and and, yeah and that's about understanding your own relationship with with certain things
0: which makes you sort of think makes me think anyway these things are almost like they have to happen over time in that if you want to change an environment and you feel an environment is being particularly over focused on one way of thinking about identity or one Hmm. way of thinking about material you almost maybe need to go 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 extreme and get rid of it all, so that you can <laughs> challenge yourself as adults to think differently, almost like the children, then before letting things back in and into a different in a different way. Yeah. Like if you were if you hadn't noticed, you know, I don't know if you if you were in a world of plastic toys and nothing else. Maybe if you got rid of them all and went all kind of natural seeming, that would maybe make you think differently about loose parts and never open-endedness yeah. and then you can bring other things back in again so it's almost like sometimes adults need to be it's a process of change that adults can yeah. need to be on
1: and I guess it's out getting out thinking. of that very adult way of static way of thinking right is that we don't have to choose one thing or the other and it's not this yeah. really binary thing There's, you yeah, know like this is the, the really one space thing about space, play space is the flow and the change so yeah. you know and you can move time, between these it? things yeah um, I
0: really like the idea that idea that there isn't um the flow and the space and over time not just in the moment and that yeah. can be over years <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: absolutely so in the article we talked about uh, there was a quote that said uh, keeping plastics in sight and in mind requires a more complex response for us than removing the plastics from the classroom would um we must remain open to alternative ways of thinking and being with plastics to imagine plastics be being beyond objects of manipulation or objects for removal um I think that's kind of what we've been talking about, um, yeah. but yeah. summed up very very nicely. What? Um yeah. and it kinda of highlights also that idea of um or sort of remembering that yeah, if we think of plastics as these objects of, you know, things to manipulate, do things with or remove, that's mm. that's uh that's kind of very much our adult binary, I think, and I don't mm. think children are necessarily thinking in that way. Um oh. And if we give them the chance not to, you know.
0: Other things happen. And and I'm reflecting that article because a lot of what it's about is engaging in this strange, excessive of plastic flooding thing to try and challenge what it is, what's going on in early years education. And... um, you know and it's quite a challenging article because you think wow well, what's going on and it makes me sort of stress about me busy trying to do recycling in the nursery and all the things I try, <laughs> try to do to be a good citizen I think oh but like the conversation we've had and how it's roamed and wandered around you know is quite revelatory for me in some ways and I think that's a function of that that making things unfamiliar makes you start questioning why you're doing certain things so i so mm. I I think it really works. It really works for me to make me go. Well, hang on. Why do I do that? What all the assumptions going on? Like when we talked about different kinds of materials, um and yeah. So I, it, it, yeah. It's it's an interesting article though. In terms of, um I suppose when we started, we were talking about it's not like we went. Oh, plastic's not a good thing. Yeah, we don't want lots of it. So part of our responsibility is not to add loads of it to the world. You know, we we would all sort of think right. We'll we'll try not to buy loads of plastic bags and buy loads of excessive plastic things to just revel in all the plastic and joy it brings you know we're not going to do that but it's getting that balance isn't it between recognizing what's there and not pretending about it not pretending it's not there yeah
1: Um, I think also there's something about a very different way of thinking when it comes to sort of yeah like the environmental issues of not separating us out from the environment Mm. as people were part of it so our relationships with these materials i think are a valuable and important thing to explore um i think yeah we have a tendency to kind of be like over you know humans are humans are the problem humans are destroying the world and then humans must save must save the world right and neither of those neither of those positions puts us in recognises that we're part of the ecology of it all we're in the world we're existing in in it growing and disintegrating yeah being in the world yeah and we're a part of all those systems so thinking about it in a exploring our relationships with those things yeah and yeah both each other and the environment and materials and you know animals and plants and and all of that I feel like that's kind of part of what we're talking about from a materials perspective. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's yeah. quite a big yeah. kind of lofty jump. and No, but I think good that's idea. I think but...
0: It is. I, it totally is because every time we step back and go, right, we're in a space, We're going to there's going to be play in this space. We will then go and get materials to create this environment. And we think that oh, we're in the space as well. Our bodies are in the space. You know, yeah. our bodies are part of that play and where we look and when the wind blows our hair and when something touches us and, we recoil. All of that is part of the material of the space, but somehow we can we often step back from that. You know, and the clothes that we've got on, you know, and Yeah. What are they made of? You know, it it, it can sort of lead you with your brain to explode a bit. I'll just I'll just pause that in order to like make this thing happen in the real world, in the real place, just now with children in a way that's imperfect. You know, that I know it's imperfect and I'll just live with the fact that it can't it can't fix all these things. It can't resolve everything. That's the other thing. It's like we just have to be and do. Um,
1: Absolutely,
0: but we have to also go to the shop and buy stuff. You know, we. Do you know I mean, we gather, <laughs> we gather stuff, yeah. and we make decisions when we gather stuff. You know, do we gather stuff from a skip, or do we gather stuff from a fancy catalog, <laughs> um, or I mean, do I'm we make it ourselves?
1: More, I'm definitely more on the skip end of the spectrum, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, that's that in itself. I know. Talking back to value judgments <laughs> before, right? Yeah there's a part of me that feels I feel pretty proud of that but you know it's it's that's that's a I'm able to get out and do that stuff I'm able to hunt for stuff and I've got a van to drive around in and I can pick you know that's not accessible to everyone um but I'm aware that in there's there's a little a little superior part inside me that that thinks I'm ever so great for doing all this recycling you know
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Um, um... and that's yeah but uh, that's I think it's really complicated because buying stuff is part of our world as well and, and it's, it's a sort yeah. of mix of the two and almost we need to I mean I yeah I feel like I want to fix it <laughs> I'm like how do I fix that <laughs> problem of that tension because I know exactly what you mean and then that means that you're, you're feeling like you're then judging when other things have to be consumed and bought but then um,
1: yeah and at the same time I, I know others will be judging me for turning up and bringing along you know a bunch of plastic cups and yeah. and uh and things that aren't seen as that aren't sustainable whether you're reusing them or not they're still not you know they're still not sustainable in one in one sense in a sense um yeah yeah um
0: hmm. but yeah yeah we probably sort of need to end it with the fact that it's complex complicated and um can't, can't necessarily be fixed just like that but i do think talking about it and thinking about why we do things for me is the way to the way out of it is like and acknowledging that there'll be differences of opinion and, and and being okay with that as well you know and yeah and that's how I deal with it I sort of think well why am I doing this and then okay it makes sense to me I, if I can explain it to somebody else um, that makes sense but, but also to be aware that in that they might be on a different stage of thinking or they might be in a different part of of how they make sense of it themselves um yeah absolutely
1: just... i think for me i think i'd like yeah that feels really important then i would want to come yeah it feels really keen all this is is yeah is is about that sort of relational way of thinking of thinking about how we relate to things and how we're a part of it and not separating ourselves from it and then that kind of extends to that thing about Okay, let's trust children to form their own relationships to these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and make yeah, space yeah. for that, and recognise that you know, whatever whatever we do when we're curate when we're making curating a play space, we are we're having some impact on what kind of relationships those children will develop with certain things or have yeah. the opportunity to, um, which is you know, I think probably unavoidable. Um,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: But that doesn't mean it's you know, throw our hands up in the air. Oh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. We can't, yeah. it's, you know, I think it, it's more an opportunity to be more sort of reflective and, and recognise that and keep, yeah, keep acknowledging that and seeing how that develops. But yeah, I think it's something about, we come back to the really basic idea of should we remove all plastics from the environment or should we not? No. Um, <laughs> <I> <laughs> mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm very, yeah, I'm very much on the side of not. Um, but what I was, oh yeah, it wasn't meant to be a declaration. What I was. <laughs> <laughs> what I was kind of headed towards was was if we decide to remove them all, it's just recognise that you know that's having just as much as an impact on children in a certain way as as not removing yeah. them. Yeah, you're taking you things guess. away as well as giving. You know, it's, and and they and they don't that.
0: magically disappear. They just go somewhere yeah. else. Someone else has the, them in their presence. So yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I think I think going back to the having more trust in children's ability to make sense and make meaning and then our us learning from their meaning making and being involved in that conversation yeah helps us make meaning too like we're part of that playing meaning making experience so yeah thanks for listening that was the play talk podcast see you next time